Come on. So good. No rest for the righteous. Okay, awesome. So good. How's everyone going? You know that worship was very, very special. There was something about aligning things to the kingdom of God that's just so vital in this season. Now, how many people have something you need to align? Even right now. Okay, this is the reality. If peace and joy and righteousness in the Holy Ghost hasn't manifest, the kingdom isn't reigning in that space. Can we say that again? If, if peace, righteousness, yes, I've been listening to Dan Defile a lot. Uh, <laughs> amen, good. How many people are watching the live stream? Just ask the co-olds if they had seen it. I've been up since three-ish. And so, so if the kingdom of peace, righteousness, and joy, or joy, righteousness, whichever way around it goes, in the Holy Ghost, thank you, in the Holy Ghost isn't being made manifest in a situation in your life, it's because it needs to, let's just say this, we need to bring it in at a greater level. If there is an issue that isn't experiencing peace, how many people have something in your life there's no peace? Half of you, good. The kingdom of peace hasn't yet been made manifest and the solution of peace hasn't been appropriated into that situation yet. If there is no joy in a particular area, who has no joy in an area? That's because the kingdom of joy in the Holy Spirit hasn't been made manifest in that area yet. And so God is saying that all of this, according to the word of God, is an invitation for us to appropriate, administrate, and align the kingdom of heaven into this reality. How many people are ready to align the kingdom of heaven into that reality? If you don't want to align it into the reality, it's not going to happen. That's basically the bottom line. You can get some worldly peace. Maybe in a year something will work out. Or you can stand as a son of God and administrate, declare, and decree the reality of who you are and who God is for you in that situation and see the manifestation, the fruit of the kingdom of God made manifest into that particular issue. Which one do you want? Who wants to wait a year? Two years? Three years? No one. Who wants to wait no time? Good. Awesome. We're so good. We all feel, feel the dreams. As, anyway. So good. Okay. I want to talk today about your two passports. About your two passports. How many people have a passport here? Wow. Not very many. Not as many as I thought. Can you put your hand up? Who has a passport? Oh, actually, now more. Okay, <laughs> now you're being. So my life, at least until 2000, and when did we get married? <laughs> I actually can't remember. When was it? 12, 2012, was a season of passports. Everyone say seasons of, seasons of passports. So I spent a lot of my time in passport land. Why? Where am I from? The motherland. No, England. I'm from, <laughs> I'm, from, I'm from England, West London. I really am. And, and I grew up there. And when God called me many years ago to come to Australia, he said, go and do a working holiday in Australia. Now, how many of you know what a working holiday is? Before you were 30 years old, 
godly number. Before you're 30, you're allowed to come and do a working holiday in Australia. What does that mean? If you are from the UK or other Commonwealth nations, you're allowed to come and do one year in Australia under a particular banner where you're allowed to work for three months at each at a particular place for numerous times until a year is up. And then when the year is up, you can beg for another visa. Everyone say beg. That's true. Okay, so, so I decided to do that. I had a, an experience in my life where one of my stepfathers, one of, um, ended up dying, unfortunately, very unexpectedly. And as a result of that, I really, uh, my mum just rang me and said, what do you want to do? And I just said, get me out of here. I want to go and live in Australia. Now, I'm in London. I'm very cool. Just think, just think about that. <laughs> I'm living in London, but I just knew that I was supposed to come and live in Australia. And, and because of that, um, this thing was burning in my spirit. Do you want to know the real story? So I tell you the real story? Okay, the real story is this. By the time I was 23, I had done everything I ever thought was possible to do as a person. I'd been all over the world. I'd lived in so many different places. Ridiculous, I know. But I'd lived in America. I'd lived in loads of places, traveled to loads of places. And I said, I'm done, I don't need to do anything else. And this little niggling and irritating voice kept on saying to me, but you haven't been to Australia. And I was like, no. Anyway, the whole point of the story is, is that my mum just said to me, what do you want to do? You seem really down. And I'm like, you think? Uh, I was really down, really uh, not feeling well. And my mum said, I'll just give you the money to go to Australia. So on the Tuesday, she rang me the week before, I just flew to Australia and I never went back to the UK to live ever again. Very big deal. Now, who do you think brought me to Australia? God, 100%. So he, obviously. And so, so, or Belinda's special cosmic powers. And so, (laughs) true. And so, for a lot of, uh, okay, so, so what happened was I came here and I had an experience where I had been using something called a temporary visa for a long time. Now, what that means, a temporary visa, for those of people that don't know, is that what you have is that you have a visa in your passport or connected to your passport that has a limitation, has a particular time frame, and it can run out. So I'm in a position where I've got this passport and I'm like, okay, okay, so I arrive, I do my working holiday visa, then I'm like, what am I going to do? Now, I'm extremely qualified, funny and handsome, so I think I'll just get an amazing job where someone will, will, will put me into a job. So I work for the Sydney Morning Herald, true story. So I ended up working for the Sydney Morning Herald. Do you want to know how I got the job? I actually rang them as a cockney cocky Londoner and I said, do you want someone working for you that's the best you've ever had? True story. They say, come in Monday. Because if someone rings you like that, they, uh, anyway, either they're delusional or they're worth the money. So, so anyway, so I worked for the Sydney Morning Herald for a season and they sponsored me and I had all this different stuff. But then some stuff started to shift in my world and not because of visas, but I just needed to go and pursue the call of God for my life. 
needed to get into the call of God for my life. And in that time, I was constantly being called this one thing because I was constantly in something which is really annoying, which is called passport or visa, let's say this, visa renewal all the time. So every, realistically every year, I was in the, the passport office, whatever, and I decided that I was not gonna work a secular job anymore, but I was going to instead, I was going to move into the call of God because I always felt that God spoke to me about being a pastor. Now, it's a big deal. Big deal? Well, it is if you're working for a newspaper. And so, so I, I said, okay, God, I'm gonna be a pastor, I'm gonna move over. And so, when I transitioned, how was I gonna, tra- I had no visa. So I had no visa and I wasn't accepted into Bible college. Why? Because they didn't have the revelation of who I really was in Christ yet. <laughs> I was accepted but not accepted. And so they were like, you can't come in, you're not ready. It's many years ago. And, and as a result of that, it meant that my visa was in breach. How many people love breach? No one here. And if you're in the internship or the school, you know that breach is a big deal, not good. And so I had an experience where I was in a place where I didn't, I wasn't landed either way. And I was like a temporary resident. And I ended up going into the passport office. I was breached, so I went over my timeline. So basically, my visa ran out, I think it was December. Visa ran out December, and I was the, in January. I was like, hey, how are you doing? And I really felt that I was supposed to go and speak to the people. And I said, hey, I'm a, I'm a very young Christian, 20 years ago. And, and I said to them, hey, there's something going on. I feel like I'm not in the right situation. And they said, you need to be out of the country now. Otherwise, you can't come back for, uh, Marissa, what, 10 years? What's the, 10 years, Marissa knows. Uh, so 10 years. So they said, you need to leave now. And I'm like, oh my goodness, I need to leave now. Anyway, so, they, so, so, I, uh, so I'm in the passport office. So this is what they said over the phone. So I go into the passport office and I walk in and the Lord speaks to me. And as I walk in and he says, I want you to get on your knees in the line. And I'm like, um, so I'm queuing up to work out what's going, on with my, what's going on with my visa. And he says, I want you to get on your knees in the line. And I'm like, uh, don't want to do this. Anyway, so I end up getting on my knees in the line like this. And he said, now worship me. Now, this was a, t- this, this was a time where you don't do any kind of public worship ever called arrested as terrorist, it was about 2004. And I saw him there and he said, put your hands in the air. Now I'm in the line in the immigration office and the Lord says, get on your knees and put your hands in the air. So I'm there and going, oh my goodness. Okay, so I'm I'm getting deported. Maybe this is the way to get a free flight back to the UK, I don't know. But I get on my knees and I'm like, Lord, you are wonderful. And he said, today I'm going to part the Red Sea for you. Now, how many months am I over my visa? About, about a month and a half. They said you have, when I'm on the phone, they said you've got be a 10-year breach, you need to go. Anyway, I go there and I speak to the guy and I put my passport up. When I get to the end of the line and the guy says to me, he goes, wow, you're over. 
Now, if they say, wow, you're over, and they work there every day, not good. <laughs> Take me away. And, and so, yes, I'm over, but what happens is, is so profound. Have an experience where he's starting to mark my, my Bible. He's starting to mark my passport, and he goes, okay, you're over, and he's going through what needs to happen for your deportation. True story. He's saying you need to be deported for this, deported for that. And, or basically, you need to leave, and we're going to send, we'll work it out, and we're going to work, you know, we're going to send you out of this country. And what happened is so profound, so profound, a big guy, everyone say big guy, bigger than Nick, comes up behind the man, looks at him, and says, I'll take care of this one. And I'm standing in the queue, and I'm going... Sure. Is this bad or good? I don't know what to do about this, whatever. And he looks at me, smiles, and winks. <laughs> Opens my passport and stamps it. True story, obviously, true story. And says, You are all good. Work out what you want to do and come back and let us know. And I'm like, What are you talking about? He goes, work out what you want to do with the big week. Work out what you want to do. Get a hint right now. <laughs> and come back. How many of you know in Hebrews chapter 11, it says that angels work in particular government organizations? <laughs> True story. And so did I go back? Not for a while. But I did, I felt at some point convicted and I thought maybe I should go back and I was able to get a new visa and I never left to live in, in another place and I never had to go to another place to renew my visa in 17, 20 years, never once. Why? God spoke to me after that and he said, Daryl Crawford Marshall, I have called you to be a prophet to Australia. Do you not think that I can organize the visa situation? Now, why am I saying that today? For a long time, I had two passports, and I still do actually, a true story. Uh, we were in Dubai actually uh, recently, and they said, you can't enter in with that passport. And I've got, what else have I got in here? Let's, uh, um, you have two passports right now. You have a heavenly passport, and you have an earthly passport. How many of you, you've heard a message like this before? And you're like, yeah, yeah. Put up John 18, please. You have a, an earthly passport and a heavenly passport. Therefore, Pilate entered again into the Petronium and summoned Jesus and said to him, are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, are you saying this on your own initiative or did others ask you to tell me? Well, Pilate answered, I'm not a Jew, am I? Your own nation, your chief priest delivered you to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then my servants would be fighting so that I would not be handed over to the Jews. So I'm pausing because the, oh, there it is. Handed over to the Jews, but as it is, my kingdom is not of this realm. Very interesting. Now, 
Therefore Pilate said to him, So are you a king? Jesus answered, You say correctly, I am a king. We'll just leave it there for now. Okay, cool. You see, Jesus is immediately identifying that he is bought of or part of a different realm. Jesus is under scrutiny and he's saying, no, 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 no. You're saying this, but I'm actually born or from a place that is not of this place. I'm from above and you don't understand that place yet. So let's put up um, John chapter 3 verse 11. Speaking to Nicodemus now. Most assuredly, I say to you, we speak what we know and testify. But we have, uh, sorry, what we have seen and do not receive. I should have my glasses, I'm sorry. Our witness. Okay, cool. But if I told you earthly things, you do not believe, and you do not believe, how will you believe if I tell you heavenly things? It's really interesting. Now, no one has ascended to heaven, but he who has come down from heaven, that is the Son of Man who is in heaven. It's a really big deal. That scripture is manipulated and taken out of many parts of the Bible. What's Jesus saying there? He's saying that he is abiding in one place and administrating from that place and living in that place and then releasing from that particular place. It's a very big deal. We need to understand this. So let's put up... um, Can you believe I actually have six? Okay, 1 Peter 2 verse 9. It says this, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Okay, keep going. For you were once not a people, but now are the people of God. You have not, you had not received mercy, but now you had received mercy. Mercy. You see, let's go to 11. Sorry, to put the next one up. Is everyone okay? You're like, mm-hmm. Do you get, is there 11? Oh, yeah, perfect. Okay. By, f- <laughs> oh, okay, cool. By faith, when he was called, is there 1 Peter 2, 11? Not an 11. Okay, my apologies. Okay. Right. Thank you. Okay. Beloved, I urge you as aliens and strangers to abstain from fleshly lusts which wage war against the soul. I know that Christina mentioned this the other day. Now, everyone say, I'm an alien. It's true. Say, I'm a stranger. It's true. Aliens and strangers, this is a reality of a revelation of who we are in Christ, and we need to understand that we are not of this world. 
Jesus was challenged and they said, you say you're a king. What did Jesus say? It's true you say I'm a king, but I'm a king not of this realm. You're a son and a daughter of the king, but not of this realm. You are a temporary resident in this realm. For many years, I had the title of temporary resident. What did that mean? It meant that I was here, but I wasn't actually part of the place. Where it says that you are a stranger and a foreigner, a stranger, where it says you are an alien or a stranger, 1 Peter 2.11, a stranger is a foreigner who lives in a place without right of citizenship. That's what it's saying. You're living in a place where you don't have right of citizenship. There's another word that talks about pilgrims. Who's, who wants to be a pilgrim? No one? Okay, fine. Okay. It means sojourning in a strange place as a foreigner who comes from a foreign country into a city or land to reside there by the side of the natives. The people of the world are the natives and we are called as sojourners to come alongside them as people born from above to come and talk to them about our heavenly reality, about our heavenly origin, to administrate who we are called to be as aliens and sojourners on the earth. You see, when we were born again, everything changed. Everyone say everything changed. Which means that you changed who, or let's say this, God changed who you are, and you are no longer a normal person, no longer mere mortals. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 speaks specifically, Paul says, that we are not mere humans. Now, people, how many people have ever heard that before? It means that we are not subject to the things of the world, but we're not actually the same as the people in the world anymore. So when you were born again, you became a different person and God gave you a whole new reality and said, you are now a temporary resident on the earth. Not that you weren't before, but you are, there's a revelation of it. Temporary resident and now your true residency, your true passport, your true identity is from heaven. So your true reality, is everyone okay? Your true reality, your true passport is from heaven. Now, Jesus was saying, and I just talked to you about Nicodemus. He said, no one has come down to heaven, no one has come down to earth, basically, who hasn't ascended into heaven, who is the Son of Man, who is in heaven. And Jesus is saying, this, this scripture is taken out of the Texas Receptus in general. Jesus is saying that I am the one who abides both in heaven and on earth. You see, we are ones who abide in heaven and on earth, but what happens a lot of the time is that we take out our earthly passport and we use that to trade with earthly things. How many people have your earthly passport? All of you. Because every day we choose to use the earthly passport and instead of the heavenly one that God has given us. The heavenly passport has access or gives us access as ambassadors unlike anything we could have ever experienced. Fullness, healing, breakthrough, all of these, these things that we're called to do and called to administrate, this passport in Christ gives us access to. How many people believe that you've been given a passport? Half of you. Okay, all right. 
as part of us being sons of God, God is saying that we have to see ourselves as sojourners and aliens on the earth, as temporary residents on the earth, because when we see ourselves in that capacity, it cultivates a realm of faith in our spirit where we can actually believe God to use us to transform earth with heaven's reality. If we choose to not believe in that capacity, we can't access the things of heaven and see them drawn through and released through our lives successfully. This is the truth. This is reality. We can talk about being Christians and we can say, yeah, in Jesus' name. But really, unless we choose to acknowledge the reality that we are born from above in Christ, live in heavenly places and being given a passport that renders this passport, this earthly passport, as a passport of temporary residency, if we can't acknowledge that, then we will never be able to administrate from where we are actually from. The thing about an ambassador is this, when, when you hang with, an, not that I've hung with many, but if you hang with an ambassador, an ambassador has all of the rights and privilege of their home city, place, whatever it is and they know what they have access to. The problem that we have in Christ is we, a lot of the time, don't have knowledge, information, or a belief system connected to what we have have access to. What do we have access to? Healing, breakthrough, joy, a realm of heaven called to be administrated through our life. What does that look like? And so coming into a place where we start to believe that is going to be really, I'm not saying that no one here believes that, is so, so important because we manifest the reality that we are strangers and foreigners on earth. If you hang out on earth and you hang out with non-believers and you think that you have anything like them or you're like them in any way, you are deluded. Deluded. Everyone say deluded. It's completely true. You have nothing in common. The only thing you have common in common is that you're carrying in the same vessel, as in a, 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 a fleshly vessel. That's the only thing you have in common. Internally, in the spirit world, you have nothing in common. Nothing. You have Christ in you, the hope of glory. You have the reality that you have received, or we have received, Christ's DNA which is a full transformational process that we're in right now. You have eternal life, they do not, in the right way. And so when we're engaging in those places and with those people, we have to understand that we have been called here specifically as ambassadors with a different passport to connect in a different way and to release something that is not natural to the earth. So if we are not natural to the earth, we are supernatural are you saying i'm superman yep 100 percent. so if you are a supernatural being and we are called to have these two passport realities or let's say this we're called to live in a place where we have a revelation of being a temporary resident for so many years i was this temporary resident which meant i couldn't access the things in australia that i felt like i was supposed to access And a lot of the time I think that we live in the wrong way around where we feel like we're temporary residents of heaven and natural residents of earth until the day of. And I feel like what the Lord is saying, I want you to switch around. I want you to think that you are a permanent resident of heaven 
and a temporary resident of Earth, and everything you need to access is available here right now for whatever you need. If we understood the fullness of what we're where we're called from and where we've been born from, it would blow our grid. It would blow our grid. Because we start to go, oh, oh my goodness, I can't believe it. You mean I can do this? Yep. I can see this? Mm-hmm. I can see solution here? Mm-hmm. Why? Because what you think, what we think is a big deal to God is like, well, that's just the first step. Can you get that done so we, need, we can do more? You see, Jesus knew that he had to be about his father's business. But he couldn't be about his father's business unless he knew, 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 unless he knew that he was born from above. Do you know, are we aware that we are born from above? That we are living in a place right now where we are temporary residents and we understand that as we shun or as we abstain from sinful desires, which are worldly desires, it actually takes us away from the things of the world in order that we can ascend and do the things that we need to do, even though we're already living in a place of ascension. You see, everyone here is already living in heavenly places. You believe that? And the people watching on live stream. If you are here now, you are living and abiding in heavenly places. What does that look like? Well, let me tell you this right now. I'm not having a go at anyone, and I'm sure this is the same for all of us, but how do we know that you are not or we are not abiding and administrating from heavenly places? Because our lives aren't yet being brought up to the reality where the kingdom of righteousness, joy, and peace in the Holy Ghost is reigning in every space. Are you in a place where you wake up in the morning and go, oh my goodness, my life's perfect? I had two days of that about a month ago. I woke up, I was like, oh my goodness. Oh God, I'm living in the fullness. Two days. And then I thought to myself, second day, I thought, how long is this going to last? Because <laughs> I was involved. Jesus operated in fullness. And he, who he is was an example for us to be able to follow with the reality of who he is, who he was, where he was, where he was abiding, and what we, he was able to access to administrate the reality of who he is, was, and the fullness of where he was from on the earth while he was abiding in the kingdom of God. And this is who we're all, this is the reality of where everyone is called to be. Is everyone doing okay? How many people are tired? One person. Okay, cool. All right. One person. It's good, it, it's, good to be, it's good to be honest. Okay. It says in the book of Hebrews, chapter 11, it says of Abraham, it says that by faith Abraham, he was called to obey, or, sorry, when he was called, obeyed going out to a place which he was to receive for an inheritance, he went out not knowing where he was going. By faith he lived as an alien in the land of promise as a foreigner or as in a foreign land dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, fellow heirs of the same inheritance or promise. So it says here that Abraham, when he got the word of the Lord, decided to live in a place where he would sojourn in the promised land, which was a place where nothing had yet been made manifest. Or let's say this, it was being made manifest, but the promise was yet to come. Everyone say promise was yet to come. 
You see, all of us have got a promise from heaven that requires and demands us to live as sojourners on the earth, waiting for the promise that is to come. And God is saying, will you be in a place where you will allow this place of cultivation to happen in your world that I can birth something through you on the earth that will bring heaven to earth through your life in a way that you could only ever, ever imagined? Who believes that it could be you? This is a really, really big deal. Okay, all right. I've been watching Dan DeVal for the last few days. I don't know if anyone else has, but there's been a, an amazing kind of conferencing that's been going on. And most of the revelation that's coming out of that place is a revelation of this is who I am and this is where I live. Not with this is where I'm going, but this is where I live. Being in a place where we understand that the, the, that is where we live and this is where we just have a temporary residence gives us an understanding that this is a place where we set up tents and that is a place where we set up for eternity. If we can be in a place where we start to understand that or start to manifest that we are born from above and we already live there, then we can start to manifest that reality when we're here on earth. And I feel like if we can't catch that, then we will never be able to see the manifestation of the fullness of that while we're walking around. Because we walk around a lot. And we talk a lot. Who talks a lot? A lot. Now, okay, that was, that's, the, that's the main part. Okay. So, a lot of Christians talk a lot. And I'm not saying that they, people talk a lot of... But they do talk a lot. And they talk a lot, and we talk a lot, about who we are, but we manifest nothing. I'm not talking about anyone here. Manifestation here is awesome. But we talk a lot and we manifest nothing. It's true. And when we see people that just start to abide in the revelation where we're seated, we see them talk more and manifest a little bit. Does that make sense? It's not about what you say. Because wisdom is proved right by what she manifests by her children. It's not about what you say, it's about what comes forth from your life. You will know a tree by its fruit. A tree could say to you, I'm an amazing tree. I'm the best tree ever. I've got the best fruit, I've got the best fruit, I've got the best fruit, and everyone's like, <laughs> trying to get the fruit. Where's the fruit? You're talking about this fruit. But the tr fruit isn't there. <laughs> The tree's just telling you it's got good fruit. There are people that do things in the spirit world and teach the body of Christ who tell you they have amazing fruit. But show me where is the fruit. What does the fruit look like? I'm not, not being weird. I'm not being aggressive or judgmental. I'm just saying, show me the fruit. Oh, no, the fruit's in the spirit. It's going to, really? Well, Show me in the natural where the fruit is and what you're doing in the realm of the Spirit. There are people now that are taking the body of Christ into places. It says you will know a false prophet by their fruit. There are people that are taking the body of Christ into particular directions. And I know that some of you guys potentially connect with 
or at least listen to people that say, one, say amazing things. But it's not about how amazing a tree tells you it is, even though I tell you I'm amazing all the time. It's not about, it's not about that. It's about where is the fruit of what you are saying. And this is one of the things that I feel like God is bringing us into is this place of discernment revelation where we start to, <laughs> we start to tap into the reality of just because someone says it and it sounds good and it, it feels good doesn't mean that it's good. How many people have ever been, how many people were ever in a relationship many years ago? Yeah, well, I'm just saying that, right? And it felt good. And it sounded good. And he or she smelled good. And it was good. But it was rubbish. Exactly the same with people in the body of Christ that are teaching us and leading us in particular. Just because it tastes good, smells good, feels good, oh, it has all the, doesn't mean it is good. Because a tree, thank you, because a tree is known by its fruit. The fruit is, what is the manifestation in your world that's come or coming as a result of you tracking that particular thing? And I've gone into a particular, uh, completely different direction. But we have to understand this. It's all about what fruit is manifesting. When people say to you, I'm called to do a missions trip, but the money hasn't come, and then they go into debt for the missions trip. Oh, were you called to go into a missions trip? Or did you just want to? Because surely where the Lord guides, he provides. So okay, it will come off the credit card. Sure. This is the reality of what fruit is. God is so big so magnificent and he can lead us into everything he needs to lead us but the more that we are able to spend spend our time abiding in heavenly places and re, living from a reality of that space the more we are able to manifest the fruit of the kingdom of heaven which is provision righteousness peace and all those other things too so is everyone okay okay so where are we now on earth and in heaven okay who's in heaven now half of you okay cool so imagine if all of us were in heaven right now would there be any limitation on what needs to be made manifest in our world no why is the limitation revelation understanding and belief so if we can come into a place where we have more revelation understanding and belief in who we are and what we're called to do we can start to manifest from that place what does that mean? Good question. How do we get up into a place where we start to believe where we actually are? We untether from the world. The first step is untethering from the world. We've all done that a thousand times, but we're still in the world. We're still doing whatever we have to do. How many people have a cell phone? Only half of you. I'm really impressed. Okay, cool. We need to... Do you know that, I'm not going into this because obviously I have more phones than anyone here. Um, do you know that screens are actually a dictator of your world? You know it says what you behold you become? When you behold the things of a phone, what do you become? The things of a phone. If you behold social media on a regular basis, people say, no, 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 I regulate it really well. Do you? Do you really regulate? How do you know if you regulate it? 
What does it mean? So abstaining from worldly desires that wage war against your soul, the reality is that social media and all these things actually wage war against this place when God is saying, I want you to come apart and be separate and live in a place where you understand that you are called to abide from heavenly places and spaces, to administrate something very, very special from heavens, from the heavens onto the earth. When we understand that as a basic rule, we understand then that we have been called specifically to operate as temporary residents here with our full residency coming from heaven. I feel like one of the things that God is asking us to do is burn our earthly passport. Not literally, because <laughs> you need to travel, especially you. Um, we need to burn our earthly passport. How many people can burn their earthly passport? Do you know what these intensives are? the prophetic intensive we've been doing and all this stuff, consecration and sanctification is burning your earthly passport. Will you choose to not abstain to worldly desire? And as you make a decision to do that, you start to operate from that place. Why? Because you're already there. You're already there. We're ascending into a place, but it's just a revelatory understanding that we're already there. And then we start to be able to operate from that space and place. You feel the shift come in the spirit? Do you feel that even now? Yeah. So, so where are we going? What are we doing? We're coming into a, a place where, how many of you have heard, uh, uh, I heard some amazing situations, uh, 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 prophetic words, of people that are going to end up preaching in the future because all the borders will shut and they won't even need natural passports. They'll just go. They'll blow. And then they're in the next. Who's seen the movie Jumper? Yeah, yeah. Well, they just jump from place to place. Philip did that in the book of Acts. He's preaching, or let's say this, he's baptizing in Ethiopia and suddenly taken to another place. Why? Because he knew who he was and he was on kingdom assignment. If we know who we are and we're on kingdom assignment, we will see crazy, miraculous things happen as a result because we're actually administering from a superior kingdom. A kingdom that carries superior knowledge, information, infrastructure, power, all of those things. And we have full access to all of those things. So we are no longer subject to the ways of the world, but we're actually out of that. You know, Todd's been talking about, uh, and, and uh, often uh, we've been talking about not being under the sun, not being under the world's timeline. It's good. Yeah, it was awesome. How did it affect you? Did you shift your timelines? Did it shift? I'm not having a go at anyone here. Asking myself too, especially Belinda. Did it, did it affect your timelines? When you heard the word about shifting time and being on other timelines, did it shift your timelines? Or did we just agree with it and say that's an awesome word? How did it shift your timeline? Did the, not just because someone preached it, did we start to exercise the reality and the belief system that we are actually born from above and we live outside time? Because when we live outside time, we do start to shift timelines. I told you the story before. I'm not going to go for ages today but, or for, any, for much longer. But when I was in, had an experience where I ate off chicken, I don't like chicken that's off. How many people like off chicken? <laughs> told you this story before. But I'm in an experience, well, in an experience, a reality where I go from church and I want a, a chicken curry. 
How many people like chicken, chicken curry? Love chicken curry. So I go and get a chicken curry and I order it and there's no one in the restaurant. Not one person. And I'm like, oh my goodness, I really want to really um, have this chicken curry. And I'm like, oh. anyway, I'm going to go in anyway. And I said, hey, I'd love a chicken, whatever it was, butter chicken, chicken buna, whatever it was. And so it's an Indian restaurant and I sit down, I'm the only person in the restaurant. So I sit towards the thing and I sit down and I say, I order the food and guess what? Food comes out in one minute. One minute. And it comes out and, I, and I'm sitting down and I'm like, oh wow. Very fast, not good. I'd be okay if it was fast if it was beef, not fast if it's chicken. And they're out and they're like, thank you, sir. And I'm like, eh. but I'm starving, hungry. So what did I do? Ate the curry. And so I remember eating the curry. Didn't eat the whole thing, ate about half of it. And as I was eating it, I just remember this squeaking in my teeth. So I'm eating the curry and I'm like, and I'm squeaking this curry in my teeth. I'm like, why am I squeaking this curry in my teeth? This is bizarre. Anyway, so I come out and I'm like, this. Actually, I'll, te- I'll, okay, I'll tell the whole story. So I'm squeaking in my teeth and I take the piece out of my mouth and I open it and it is pink. And I'm like, no! Be okay with the first piece, but I've eaten half the curry. And so, so I'm like, no, Lord! And so anyway, so I get out of there and I'm like, this is the worst time of my life ever. So it's rabashi And they're like, paying, they go, okay, so that's, that's $28.50. And I'm like, yeah. Anyway, so I know, but I end up paying for it now, but walking out. And I start walking and I start praying. And um, I'm in an experience where I'm praying and walking at the same time. And as I'm doing that, um, nothing's happening. And I'm like, this is ridiculous. I'm about to get sick because all of this uncooked chicken, there was a lot. You, remember, you know when you've done something stupid and every part of it starts to drop into your spirit. So I was thinking, oh, that piece, this piece, and, it all, and it's all in my stomach now. Anyway, so I start to pray, and I go to a, um, uh, I'll be crossing the road, and I'm, I'm going to walk up to my church, because the church has a, in Sydney, had a, had people there that could pray for me, and I said, I'll go and get prayer first. And so I go, and I already feel sick. Now, I know that you're supposed to be longer than that, but I already felt sick. Yes, was it psychosomatic? Probably. And so, but it wasn't long. About an hour later, I'm like, I feel terrible. I'm going to die. And so I go and um, I go to push the, the um, uh, what do you call it when you cross the road? Always. The light thing. And so I go to push the pedestrian crossing button. And I go to push the button. I'm taking out my body. <sighs> what the heck? And suddenly I found, find myself outside in the spirit, floating outside the Indian restaurant. And I'm watching myself walk in. I'm like, this is the most bizarre experience I've ever had. So I'm like, I'm like this, is, this is really weird now. And I start to walk in. And I'm like, wow, what am I doing? And then suddenly my spirit is following my body into this Indian restaurant. I'm like, this is very strange. So anyway, so I end up sitting down at the Indian restaurant and my spirit is still hovering over my body in the Indian restaurant, watching myself eat this plate of death. And so, so I'm watching myself eat the plate, going, don't eat it, Daryl, it's a bad move. Anyway, so anyway, so I'm floating. And suddenly, I get sucked into my own body. Into my own body. So I'm now in my body. And as I'm in my own body, I'm looking, I'm going, what on earth is happening? 
And I'm looking, and when I was in the restaurant, there was a, a table for two with one. And at this table for two, exactly the same place I'm sitting, there's one other person sitting opposite me. Do you know who it is? Jesus. He's literally sitting in bodily form opposite me. And I'm sitting there going, oh my goodness, this is crazy. So I'm now in, my, in the spirit, in my body, from an hour before, sitting here, looking through my eyes as I'm eating. Now I'm eating. So I'm starting to go, this is really weird. And then Jesus speaks to me in the spirit and says to me, why don't we bless the food? And so my arms in the spirit go out of my arms in the natural that are eating the food. I've literally become one with my spirit again. Don't worry, let's not analyze this theologically today. And, and, and my arms have come through my other arms and I'm now there. And Jesus grabs my, my hands in the spirit, holds them. And he said, we bless this food. We bless this food. And I'm freaking out now. I'm, like, I'm now in my body doing something else and I'm watching Jesus bless this food. So anyway, so then suddenly as soon as we bless this food, I'm out of my body and I'm at the road and I'm pushing the button. I'm like, this is off the charts. And I'm like, I'm completely healed. I don't even need to go for prayer. I know, I know for a fact I'm fine. So I didn't even cross the road. I went back and I went to my apartment and never got, nothing ever happened. It's completely fine. What's so interesting in that is this, that we abide in heavenly places. We have a revelation of that. We have a revelation that we are temporary residents here and called to cause things from our permanent residency through our lives onto the earth. But I'm now in a position where I have experienced a transformational change by going back in time. And the Lord spoke to me and he said, every time you speak about that thing that happened to you, people's wrinkles will start to disappear. Because, I oh know, I saw some of the girls lying. <laughs> because, he said, some of the realm of heaven on traveling back in time, transformational timelines, it says that he will renew our youth, youth as the eagle. There will be youth renewal as part of that message. You see, what I want to say is, in this is this. Everything that we are called to do here is outside time and reality as we know it. As we are called to be sojourners on earth, temporary residents on earth, aliens on earth, and permanent residents in heavenly places. When someone is sick, we are in a position where we can administrate something from a realm of heaven that can turn back time. Let me tell you this right now. Do you know what we talk about Jehovah Rapha all the time? Jehovah Rapha, God our healer. Do you know what, Jehovah, do you know what the word Rapha means in the Hebrew? It means to stitch it back and knit it back to the way it was supposed to be. Could we be administrators of a heavenly place and heavenly space that's outside time that brings realms of correction to every area by bringing them into alignment to the kingdom of heaven, but not necessarily into alignment and adjustment as the kingdom is here now and fixing it now, but the kingdom is adjusting it back to way, the way it was always supposed to be. When we get financial breakthrough and we say, yes, I'm part of the kingdom 
financial break when we get financial breakthrough are we getting financial breakthrough because something is bringing finance into here now or because a correction is being made in the past is there has there been delay that needs acceleration what is acceleration is acceleration just you catching up or us catching up with the timeline of what needed to be corrected in the past because we are administrating who we are as spirit beings established outside time to come and administrate who we are on the earth right now. The reason I was talking about the passports earlier was this, this two-passport reality, was that for so many years I lived as a temporary resident here and I never felt settled. And I felt that it actually put something in my spirit where I will never feel settled as a permanent resident on earth. And I think that that's so healthy that we are never settled as permanent residents on earth, but understand that our true residency is from a different place. Is your true residency from another place? Are you actually a heavenly being who has been sent here to bring transformational change into an earthly realm? Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this realm, understanding that, that, that in the New American Standard, understanding that the earth is a realm, the kingdom is a realm, it's a place of jurisdiction, it's a kingdom, it's a king's dominion, and knowing that the king's dominion is superior to the earth's realm or dominion, and we are called as children of God to administrate as sons of God our Father's dominion on the earth through our lives. Our Father's dominion is a dominion that brings true correction to the what's happened. And this is so interesting. You know, P Peter and James, they're at the gate called Beautiful. And in Acts chapter 3, I'm going to finish now. Acts chapter 3, and they go, and, and he says, silver, uh, guys, guys, guys begging, and he says, silver and gold we do not have, but what we do have we give to you in the name of Jesus. Rise up and walk. And you go, yeah, he received such a good healing. But he was born cripple. Did they just correct the timeline? Why was he born cripple? No, they brought healing, did they? Or did they manifest a superior kingdom outside of time that was called to bring a superior kingdom into that place to recorrect every timeline over his life? And say, so you will be completely healed as it was meant to be because Jehovah Rapha is in the building, the one who knits things back together to their original design. You see, when we come into a place where we start to administrate and revelate in who we are as temporary residents here, we understand that this earthly realm ain't nothing. It was like, ain't nothing. Okay, with an accent. Ain't nothing. It's not. And if we can start to choose to see it in that way, we understand that our dual citizenship, I'm going to say this again 10 times, well, four times or three times, our dual citizenship is the biggest reality that we need to understand. We have to get this. No, 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 I'm just going to pray for you. Don't just pray for someone. Pray for the sick and they will recover. Why didn't they recover? Because we didn't understand who we are and where we're from. When you understand who you are and where you're from, we start to manifest the realm of the kingdom around the world and not just a prayer of faith. I'm not saying there's nothing wrong with a prayer of faith. The Bible talks about that. But I believe that a superior way of operating 
is for us to have a revelatory understanding of who we are as sons and ambassadors of a kingdom of heaven, which is a kingdom of life, not just the kingdom of life that sees cancer disappear, but a kingdom of life that sees age reversal happen to somebody's life and brings an auto-correction to what's ever gone wrong. I'm not just good, I'm great. Before I had the cancer, that was great. The tumour dissolved, but it's not just that. The tumour dissolved, but I'm a different person. I feel like I'm a 17 again. I've heard that testimony so many times. Not just that someone got a cancer tumour dissolved, but they feel like they are young again. Why? The reality of the limp time... (laughs) The reality of the kingdom, which is outside time, the realm of that came upon them and they literally had their timelines created in order that they would never get sick. You see, what is true restoration? True restoration can be administrated through our lives when we have a revelation of these two passport realities. This not, I've said it 10 times, but Jesus said, I'm not of this realm, I'm not of this kingdom. Book, it says that we are sojourners here, temporary residents, when we understand that, that we understand that we are not called specifically to be here and to administrate as hard as we can, work as hard as we can. Stop working so hard. I'm going to work so hard, we're going to pray for 20 people. Don't do that. Just understand who you are and release the realm of who you are over those 20 people. Because who you are is a superior is, is from a superior, this is so good. Who you are is from a superior dimension to the earthly dimension. Just say this, who I am is from a superior dimension to the earthly dimension. Jesus already knew this. Oh, you don't need to say that. Bit. But Jesus, <laughs> Jesus already knew that he, who he was was from a superior dimension which is why he said, he says, I can't even tell you about heavenly things. Let's read that one more time and then we'll land. John, John, 11, uh, John 3, sorry, verse 11, talking to Nicodemus. Read that one more time. It says, most assuredly I say to you, we speak, this is to Nicodemus specific, only Nicodemus. We speak what we know and testify of what we've seen and you do not receive our witness. If I had told you earthly things, Nicodemus, And you do not believe, how can I tell you of heavenly things? Keep going. No one, everyone say no one, has ascended into heaven, but he who came down from heaven. That is the Son of Man who is in heaven. He is manifesting healing, miracles, all these things. And he's saying, I am from a superior dimension. Stop trying to link it in to your earthly and worldly understanding. When we go out and speak to people, I speak to, I get words of knowledge, crazy words of knowledge for people sometimes. And they say to me, you know, where do you get this from? You're a psychic. I am actually born from a superior dimension in Christ. All of us in here are born from a superior dimension. Don't limit it to laying hands on someone so their ankle feels better. Such a limitation. Don't limit it to that. I'm not saying we don't give glory to God for every healing, but don't limit it to someone just feeling a tiny bit better. Understand that the realm that you are from is outside time and space. And if your realm decides to land 
on people. I had an experience, I'm just going to tell you one more story. I had an experience where someone said to me, they said, I have faith with finance. And, and someone said to me, um, can you pray for my finance? And I had no money. Now, sometimes, how many of you know you can have faith for something else and never have it for yourself? True story. And so God, God teaching you. So I had someone said, can you pray for my finance? So I prayed for them. And they got $10,000. True story. Have I told this story before? So they got $10,000. So I prayed for them. I was living in a, 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 a basically above, above a brothel, going to Bible college in Waterloo in Sydney, if anyone knows where that is. So I was in Waterloo. I was living above, the, above a brothel. It was disgusting. It was a very cheap room. There were rats running around. I was living above this thing. You say, how can you do that? It is what it is. And so I was living there, and, and, and it was two separate places. I wasn't involved in <laughs> and And I... I was living in this place, and this girl came to me, and she goes, I've got no money, can you pray for me? And I said, sure, I'll pray for you. And I said, uh, so I prayed, and she said, the ne- so the next day she rang me, and she goes, you wouldn't believe what happened. And the next day, the uncle, my uncle called me, brought me around to his house, took me down to his basement, opened a briefcase, and gave me $10,000 cash. So I was like, show me the money. She didn't, but that's okay. And then I said, oh, that's awesome. I'm so pleased for you, it's awesome. That was a Friday. Then Monday, she rang me and goes, Daryl, you've got no, you're never going to get this one. I'm like, are you joking? You just got $10,000, I prayed for you. She goes, in church, I came to church, and a business person in church gave me a check for another $10,000. Thank you so much for praying. I'm like, show me the money. <laughs> Nothing. And so, but it doesn't matter. Some people have favor. Let me tell you this, my favor on earth or in a particular area, isn't because I'm amazing in the area. It's because I'm a son and I carry a realm from a superior dimension. And I have an opportunity to release that on earth. What is the superior dimension that you carry? It's not just a gift of healing. Yeah, you can lay hands on the sick. Do you carry a realm of healing? Do you carry a realm when you're in the midst of someone with depression and depression just leaves them? When you're in a place where people with cancer just come in your midst and cancer just leaves them? That's a realm. That is actually a realm, a jurisdiction. I should have explained that. A kingdom of health, a kingdom of (laughs) breakthrough, a kingdom of no sickness. And it's literally made manifest because of who you are and where you dwell. But we have to burn the worldly passport in that way. We have to understand that that is our primary jurisdiction. And because we're from there, we are called to usher in. It talks about ushering in the kingdom. Let's usher in the kingdom of heaven. We're not ushering in anything half the time. We're doing one decree. I decree right now. Are we ushering in the kingdom or are we targeting one arrow there instead of bringing a battalion from heaven because of who we are? Are we bringing a, a battalion of heaven over and going, oh, we need healing? How many people are sick in the church? Oh, 30. Let's bring the whole realm. <laughs> Why? Because where we are. Our realm is bigger than this realm, and we are called to administrate the whole realm into that place. Does that make sense? This church has been a church that's been relatively sickness free for a long time, and I believe that's because of the preaching and the administration of the reality of ascension. And I believe that that's one of the things that God's bringing us into now is more so this reality where we understand who we are, where we're called to live from and how we're called to administrate on that on the earth. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. Can we put the pads on? Boom. Awesome. 
Can you grab your communions? Your communion, not communions. Chameleons. Okay, we're just going to pray this. Just pray this after me. Just say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I choose to abide from the heavenly place of my true identity as a son of God. I understand who I am and what I'm called to administrate. That my kingdom is not from this realm. So Holy Spirit, would you grant me access and revelation in this season to my true home, to my true kingdom in you for your glory that I might see an incredible manifestation of your kingdom come and your will be done in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. That's good. So good, guys.